Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I am with you live. I know a few people have called in to see how I'm doing or what's wrong, and nothing's wrong. Everything's good. I did have um, a couple of situations, and every once in a while, a tiny little setback, but I'm healing, and everything is, I am absolutely terrific, and I'm so glad to be with you and grateful for the Station of the Cross and all you who support it, especially at the end of the fun drive, who supported the Station of the Cross so magnificently and grateful for LifeSite News and the partnership between them. Grateful to be with you, grateful to be alive, grateful to know our Lord. What a time. We need to uh, walk around, beloved, with our hearts filled with grace, with love, with gratitude in the midst of this evil world that we believe, that we see, that we know God. I remember when I first gave my life to Christ, I was an evangelical Protestant. I didn't know I was one, but I was. Um, and people would say, what What happened to you? And I'd say, well, I, I know God. And they say, you know God? What do you mean you know God? I said, I know God. Well, what, what's, so what? I said, that's everything. It's everything to know God. Not just to know God exists, but to know him, to know his love, to know that he loves you. He died for you. He rose from the dead to give you life. To know God, to have a relationship with him, primarily through the church he founded, the Catholic Church, with all the means of grace and all the sacraments, there's nothing better this side of heaven. There's, I can sometimes wonder how it could be better the other side of heaven, but it is, I know. But it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful gift from God. We, we could never earn it, we could never deserve it, we can only reject it. Life is a gift. The gift of God is life in his Son, which we can receive uh, or we can reject. And to receive it is to become his child spiritually, to be born again from above, and to be in the home the Catholic Church he gave us on earth. It's absolutely wonderful. We are going to continue in our book, This is the Faith, by uh, Canon Francis Ripley. Um, it's so wonderful, and I keep saying that what we need to do in this time is to um, is to study the faith, to teach it to our children, all of that. And so that's what we need to do together also. Hold on one moment, one moment. Okay. And where we are at now in our book is that God indeed wants all men to be saved, who will come, who will have, he will have all men to be saved, come to the knowledge of the truth. So you say, why aren't all men saved? Because all men don't want to be saved. Um, I tell you, if you're listening and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, he is God, he is the Jewish Messiah, he is the God who came from heaven and was born of a woman, of a virgin, and took flesh and blood and became one of us. That is the level of his condescension. But it didn't stop there. He went further and became our very food in the Blessed Sacrament, in the Holy Eucharist. And he loves you. What do you need to do to be saved? 
Who did he come for? He came for sinners. If you're not a sinner, he didn't come for you. And if he didn't come for you, you will spend the rest of your life in damnation. He came for every single soul on earth. There's no one who's without sin. There is no one who is without sin. There is plenty of pride in our fallen nature that can keep us from God, that can keep us, uh, deceive us from even understanding that we're sinners. But God wants to break through that to our hearts. He broke through mine years ago. I haven't gotten over it. I don't know that I ever will. I don't know that I want to get over it. It's just tremendous. And that's why I say when people say, well, how come they don't believe? How come they don't believe? I can't answer. I don't know how come people don't believe. I don't know how come I do believe. It's It's a gift. It's a total gift of God. But he will never refuse those who come to him and ask him. If you don't know him, if you're not part of the full measure of his church, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, um, just say, Lord, I want to be. Lead me. Open my eyes. Open my heart. Bring me to a good priest, to good Catholic people. Help me to know your love in its full measure for me and the life you want for us. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're Protestant, if you're Jewish, if you're an atheist, if you're Hare Krishna, if you're any kind of Hinduism or otherism, it doesn't matter. And if you were baptized Catholic and you're living a life of sin, all of that matters. But to God, he would have everyone repent and come to the knowledge of his son. Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I will not cast out. You need to do that. Not tomorrow today. We don't know that we have tomorrow, but we have right this moment. Maybe the only opportunity that you have to come to him. So we are about the study of God. St. Thomas Aquinas said, the study of God is the only study which can be called wisdom in the fullest sense of the word. Um, Sometimes it is objected that the presence of evil or disorder in the world proves that the world was not created by God. But that is no more true than the fact, Canon Ripley says, that is no more true than the fact that one unmade bed in a dormitory containing 19 beds, which have been made, proves that there was no bedmaker there. It would be obvious that for some reason known to himself, the person who made the 19 beds left the other one unmade. So it was that when God made the world, for reasons best known to himself, he permitted evil to exist in it. Of course, evil is not a positive thing, which can be the result of a direct direct creative act. God cannot create evil. It is the absence of good or of due order, just as a shadow is the absence of light. Men always tend to exaggerate the amount of evil present in the world. Death, for instance, is really the beginning of life. Suffering is always a grace. The facts are that God exists and that he is goodness. He is goodness and wisdom and love and power. He knows everything. Our knowledge is limited, very, very limited. Therefore, it is absurd for us, little finite creatures, to sit in judgment on God. Reason alone tells us that he is to be trusted by us. Revelation tells us how he died for love of us 
embracing the most bitter suffering in the process. We must bow down in faith, trust, and love before his will. St. Augustine said further, God Almighty would in no way permit evil in his works were he not so omnipotent, powerful, and good that even out of evil he could work good. It has been suggested that evolution, as accepted by some modern scientists, rules out the fact of direct creation of the universe by God. That's not so. Evolution refers to the development of matter. This is very important. Not to its making. Only God can create matter. But evolution can occur wherein the matter develops. But the matter has to be created by God. Before matter could evolve, it must have come into existence. If ever there were nothing in existence, nothing could exist now. Evolution merely describes one of the ways in which God may have acted, may have acted. It deals with the development of design, not with the creation of the material designed. It is anything but an argument against the existence of God, and if limited to material things, does not appear to contradict Catholic teaching. Obviously, spirit cannot evolve from matter. The soul of man, for instance, could not evolve from a beast without a spiritual soul. The church has always maintained that God creates the human soul. However, not only is there no proof for evolution, but the evidence from DNA would indicate that evolution cannot occur. Well, now... um, That is a cross-reference from a book called Creation Rediscovered, published by Tan. Um, But we're not going to go into whether or not evolution exists, can occur right now. Uh, Many good, many, many good theologians believe that it can and it has. But the important thing is that spirit cannot evolve from matter. Absolutely not. So the scriptures say that God even if Adam and Eve evolved, even if Adam evolved from an ape, let's just the old story, he would still be an animal unless God put a spirit within him. And Genesis says that God, he formed Adam from the dust of the earth, not evolution from an ape. He formed Adam from the dust of the earth and breathed into him a living spirit. The next section is that we must love God. We know that God loves us. Well, you say, well, Mother, I'm not so sure God loves me. Well, either you're not Catholic or you're not Christian or you don't believe God, which is...
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she and I am live and I'm thrilled to be with you. Um, we are going to continue uh, in um, Canon Francis Ripley's book, This is the Faith. Wonderful, wonderful book. And the next section is, we've been speaking about God's love for us. And the next section is that we must love God. We must love God. Man's highest activity is love. And there is no nobler object of his love than God. No nobler object of our love as human beings than God. So the first and greatest commandment is, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart and with thy whole soul and with thy St. Augustine said, Would that I had as many hearts as there are grains of sand in the depths of the sea to love thee with, O God. One Protestant song that I love is, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. Here's a little paragraph from The Imitation of Christ. Love alone maketh heavy burdens light and beareth in like balance things pleasant and unpleasant. It beareth a heavy burden and feeleth it not and maketh bitter things to be savory and sweet. Nothing is sweeter than love, nothing higher 
nothing stronger, nothing larger, nothing more joyful, nothing fuller, nor anything better in heaven or in earth. For love descendeth from God and may not rest finally in anything lower than God. So many men today expect God to tolerate from them contempt, insubordination, disobedience, and neglect, such as they would never tolerate from their own children. In Scripture, God asks from the book of Malachi, from the prophet Malachi, If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Failure to love God can only result in tragedy for the individual, either in this world or in the next. You see, some people would be resentful. We must love God. Don't tell me what I must do. Well, I'm telling you what God's plan is for you. Why must you love God? Can Can he make you love him? I don't know. I don't know. He certainly made me love him um, because he broke into my dark, uh, meaningless world. And yes, I love him for that and pray I always will. But why must we love God? Shouldn't we love him of our own free will? But of course. But there is no happiness for us unless we love God. There is no heaven for us unless we love God. There's not a soul in hell that would choose heaven if they were given that opportunity because they hate God. They don't love him. Someone says, can't I do what I like with my own life? Of course, huh? But silly. At a beach sand building competition, a boy and a girl had finished a magnificent castle. When they wandered, when they then wandered around to look at the efforts of of other children... On returning, they found that another another boy had occupied their castle and was adding what he considered to be improvements. What are you doing? That's our castle, they exclaimed. No, it's mine. You left it. I found it. But it's our castle. What do you mean yours? It's our castle. We made it. And we can do with it what we like because we made it. Of course, everyone said the boy and girl were right. The intruder was turned out. And they won the prize. God made me. He made us out of nothing. And so we belong to him. I am his to do with what he likes. Thus, life is not our own. God made us. God owns us. We have no rights against God. He has the right to lay down all the conditions as to how we must use the life he has given to us. We are not our own property. We belong to God. He has the right to do just what he likes with us. I think of the the potter and the clay. The potter makes a little cup, and the cup um, to be, and it's gorgeous, but in order for the cup to last, the potter has to put it in a kiln, an oven, and bake it very hot, so it's it's, uh, become ceramic. And the little cup is in the fireplace, in the kiln, and he's screaming, Get me out of here, it's too hot, get me out of here, what do you think you're doing, get me out. And of course, when he's finished, and the potter gets him out, and the potter puts him in front of the mirror, and he says, you, the cup says, no kidding, that's me, how pretty I am. God made us to be his prizes in heaven, to live with him forever. 
And he'll do with us, even if he needs to put us through the fire, he'll do with us what it's going to take to have us live with him forever. What is our duty? Our duties can be summed up as follows. First, adoration. We owe God adoration because he is goodness itself, and we owe him our homage and love. Secondly, our duty is that of contrition. (coughs) Excuse me. When we have sinned, we've not been good to God. We must tell him we are sorry. Thanksgiving for all he has done for us and will continue to do for us. We owe him our profound thanks. And finally, supplication, because we are totally, completely dependent on his graces to be or not to do good. We need to pray to him for these graces and aids. It's an acronym. Acts, adoration, contrition, thanksgiving, supplication, spells the word acts. And it reminds us of our fourfold duty toward God. God wants our loving service. He has made us free in order to love him or to reject him. He does not want the service of a human machine. Can you imagine if you were able to create your own children and you gave them the power to love you or to reject you? There are some parents who would not give their child that power. Excuse me, that power to reject him. But God has done that. He's given us free will. A love that is not freely given is not true love. God does not want the service of a human machine. We are able to resist his rights, but of course it is wrong for us to do so. Another name for resistance to God is sin. It may appear to give temporary happiness, but in the end, sin is what takes us from our maker, and it can only bring us sorrow. Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. From St. Augustine, we must dedicate to God all our being, our intelligence, by striving to know him more and more, especially through prayer, and our will by daily increasing in love for him, which is proved by our obedience to his commandments and the other manifestations of his will. St. John Vianney, the cure of ours, who lived 1786 to 1859, was walking through the fields one spring day with a friend. The trees were full of birds and the air was full of their singing. The cure stopped to listen. Ah, little birds, he said, you were created to sing. And you are singing. Man was created to love God and he does not love him. That's kind of sad. Birds are created to sing, and so they sing. We are created to love God, and we do not. We turn from him. We want our own thing, our own way. And until we truly surrender and give our lives to God, we don't know the the freedom of obedience, the beauty of coming under such a God. We're on chapter 2 now, which is titled, What is Man? Why did God make you? I know if you've been through the Baltimore Catechism, you know this. God made me to know him, to love him, and to serve him in this world, and to be happy with him 
forever in the next. Why did God make you? Oh dear, I better go back to sleep. And now don't let your children say to love him or serve him. Say, God made me. Always repeat the question and the answer. God made me to know him, to love him, and to serve him in this world, and to be happy with him forever in the next. To whose image and likeness did God make you? To whose image and likeness are you made? And did God make you? God made me to his own image and likeness. Is this likeness to God in your body or in your soul? Full answer. This likeness to God is chiefly in my soul. How is your soul like to God? My soul is like to God because it is a spirit and it is immortal, meaning it'll live forever. It didn't come from eternity. God created us at a certain point in time. God had no beginning, but we had a beginning. But our soul will have no end. We will have everlasting life. Everlasting life is a life that lasts forever. Forever, forever with God. What do you mean when you say that your soul is immortal? When I say that my soul is immortal, I mean that my soul can never die. Can your soul die? You say, well, I don't know about my soul. No, God made your soul and it will live forever. It will never die. And if... You come to God, you will live for him, with him forever in heaven. And if you don't, if you reject him, you will still live forever. But it will be in that domain made for the devil and his angels. Of, what, of which must you take most care, your body or your soul? What do you think? What do you think? I must take most care of my soul, for Christ has said, What doth it profit a man if he gain the whole world and suffer the loss of his soul? We must take more care of our soul. Should we take care of... I'm sorry I'm yawning so much. Should we take care of our bodies? Absolutely. God created our bodies. We absolutely should take care of them. We should treat them well. We should feed them good nutrition. We should exercise them. Uh, we should take care of them when they're sick, yes, but never ever neglect the soul. The skull, soul is first. Is there any likeness to the Blessed Trinity in your soul? What do you think? Yes or no? Yes, yes, of course. There is this likeness to the Blessed Trinity in my soul, that as in one God there are three persons, so in my one soul there are three powers. Which are the three powers of your soul? The three powers of my soul are my memory, my understanding, and my will. My memory, my understanding, and my will are the three powers of my soul, and they make me like God, created in His image. There's the music for our break, beloved, and when we come back, We'll take your calls, your emails, your texts. Toll-free number 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. station of the cross we proudly bring the truths of the catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices and we're grateful for the feedback we've received catholic radio has just been a lifesaver for me i start my day with it i listen to it all day long as much as i can there's always people calling in with people who've lost children and i love everyone has to say and the advice of the catholic church and how to deal with suffering it has given me the strength to get through the day and to get out of bed each morning i am very grateful for it Catholic Radio to me has been very informative on my religion. It has informed me of many things that I wasn't aware of or should have been aware of, and I've enjoyed it very much listening to it. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour all together, and I invite you, you're welcome to call in. Our lines are wide open, toll free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Anything at all on your heart. We have a text from Kelly who says, Hi, Mother. Can a believer of God, a good person, still go to heaven if they are not baptized. Thank you, Kelly. Well, Kelly, um, I don't have too much information here in your question. Um, Most people in the world believe in God. They can be Hindu, they can be Muslim, um, Catholic, Christian, Protestant, Jewish, a million religions, and believe in God or say that there are no religion but they believe in God it doesn't indicate that they believe in Jesus Christ who is God Jesus said I'm the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father but through me so I don't know the circumstances of a so-called believer in God and you say a good person um, when the rich young man called our Lord good, he said, good master, Jesus said, why do you call me good? Uh, there's only one who's good, and that's God. I think, in other words, Jesus was saying to him, do you know that I'm God? Is that why you called me good? So 
a good person, all that God made is good, but we are not without sin. So a good person needs a savior because he or she is a sinner. And um, uh, baptism is necessary for salvation. Um, St. Augustine said we are bound by the sacraments, but God is not. So we understand that. But if someone is good and they believe in God, then they need to come into the Catholic Church and they need to be baptized. Uh, Why would a good person who believes in God refuse baptism? See, you could say, well, they just don't believe in that. Well, then they believe perhaps in a God of their own making. So when we say we believe in God, we need to believe in the God who has revealed himself through his Son. Um, to us, the God who died on the cross and rose from the dead to give us life. And we give our life to him and um, we are baptized into him. It's very important. The catechism says that those who through no fault of their own do not know the truths of the Catholic faith but live up to the grace they have been given wherever they are, Uh, They can be saved, not that they will be saved, but they can be. Only God knows that. And it's true of Catholics. We who have been given more than anyone on the face of the earth can be saved. We've been baptized, we partake in the sacraments, all of that. It's not surely that we'll be saved, but we can be saved. Catholics have a moral moral assurance that if we don't turn from God, we will be saved. Um... Deborah writes, my church has always had Eucharistic ministers, or what I do, minister to the homebound by bringing them the Eucharist. I was listening to your podcast, and you were saying this is not allowed. Is that right? That is not right, Deborah, and I've never said it is not allowed. I've always said the church allows it. I, am I going to say what is not allowed if the church allows it? I've said there's no such thing as so-called Eucharistic ministers. The church terms that as extraordinary, extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist for extraordinary purposes. That's what I've said. And the church certainly allows that. So I won't, I don't know about ministering to the homebound, bringing them the Eucharist. I'd have to read canon law for that one. I know that the lay people do it. I'm guessing the church allows it. I don't know that for sure, uh, but I think the church does allow that. Um, Okay, so... Um, I, I have not said it's not allowed. I, I grieve at what's ha- what happens in the church with so-called Eucharistic ministers, that they're just regulars, um, and they serve, if not weekdays, every Sunday. And to me, it's an absolutely grievous situation, especially where there's more than one priest, where there's a second priest to help, and the, the so-called Eucharistic ministers are still there. I think it's a, a very grievous a situation, I think, but the church allows it. So again, um, I'm not wiser than the church, but I, I think some things that are allowed are um, are very. Uh, why they're allowed, I, I don't know. Um, and some things that have been allowed have been also reversed. So um, uh, that's all I can say, Deborah dear. Um, if you are allowed to bring um, the Eucharist to the homebound, I bless you for your ministry. And if you have any question about it, look up Canon Law um, and ask that question in their search box and you'll get the answer. 
an email from Kelly, a text from Kelly who says, Hi, Mother, your show inspires me. I'm 52 now and became a Catholic in 2016. I was wondering if it's okay if my crucifixes are not blessed by a priest. God bless you, Kelly. It's certainly okay, Kelly. It's okay if they're not blessed. No object must be blessed. But it's it's a blessing if they're blessed, so it, it's fine. But I would say if your crucifixes can be blessed, then then go ahead and have them blessed. It's it's a special thing, but they don't have to be. No, there's no obligation. We have an email from Joanne who says, "Please, please help me. My husband and I have refused the vaccine for all the reasons you have stated, but our daughter has been diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma." and is scheduled for a stem cell transplant. Transplant. Hold hold on a moment. Thank you. She is adamant that we take the vaccine if we want to see her or come to her state to care for her children while she's in the hospital. She actually has not spoken to us since July and yet has become very belligerent in the few text responses we get. She has traditionally blocked us from communication in the past when she feels we have disagreed with her. She always has to have her own way, which leads me to believe she is narcissistic. My main concern is her children, that they will be going through all this while being without family and that we may be blocked from seeing them ever again. What do we do? Even if we take the vaccine, there is no guarantee that we will be accepted by her. Well, I can already tell you that's the case. She will continue to disagree with what you disagree, what you agree with. Um, we don't want to take the vaccine, but as we said, uh, what greater love has a man that he give up his life for, his, for a friend? Should we give up our lives, possibly, for her? Thank you, and I can't wait for your response. May God bless you and all you do, Joanne. Joanne, this is a rough situation. Um, You will not be in sin if you take the vaccine. You will not be in sin if you decide to take it. You will not. Um, I would personally, in this situation, not take it. And the reason is that this is not an isolated situation with the vaccine. Um, She has cut you off. Again, you haven't spoken to her since July. It's October. Um, And there's no guarantee, as you say, that she'll speak to you after this. One little thing you disagree with and she'll cut you off again. So this is just one of other things. And I, I would not have her manipulate you. I would not give her the message that she can manipulate you um, and dictate what you uh, dictate what you both can do in your lives. I would not do that. In this case, I would not take the vaccination. I would not. Um, but if you choose to take it, um, just because you're afraid she may have you never see the grandchildren, well, that's a great loss to the grandchildren. Um, uh, you can certainly take it without sin. But um, in that your situation, Joanne, I would not take it. I would not allow your daughter to get a foothold in the sort of evil that she is espousing. 
that you have to agree with her or that she can control things. It, there's no love in that. There's nothing right in that. And you don't want to cater to that. Okay. We have a text from someone who writes in anonymously um, and says, Good morning, Mother. We are so happy that you are well. Thank you, dear Anonymous. Thank you so much. I am too. I have been interested. Uh, I may mention this. I'll be out of town. I actually have a conference to give tomorrow. So I'll be out of town tomorrow and Friday. And we'll have to play two encores. I'm sorry for that. But I'm annou- I normally don't announce that, but I am. So you know that I haven't relapsed into getting sick. Okay. Um, Good morning, Mother. We are so happy that you are well. I've been interested in the liturgy of the hours, and a friend gave me a beautiful breviary set. As you know, the liturgy of the hours can be a little tricky to navigate early on. My friend says I should be patient. She's right. And I will quickly learn the proper order. He says don't worry about a little stumbling at the beginning. And I would add to that, don't worry about a lot of stumbling at the beginning, as God is just as thrilled to be spending time with you, with me. Any suggestions for a beginner? Yes. Um, There is the St. Joseph's Guide to the Liturgy of the Hours that's 2021. It's published every year, and it gives you every single page to turn to for all the different hours and the different offices, yes. There's another one called A Practical Guide for the Liturgy of the Hours uh, by Shirley Sullivan. And um, let me see now. It's a guide. Um, This is from Catholic Book Publishing. Provides a nitty-gritty practical method for groups or individuals to learn to pray the Liturgy of the Hours, starting with the two main hours, morning and evening, and continuing with the other hours. Um, The practical guide begins its treatment of each hour with an outline of that hour, and then describes how to practice praying the hour until its structure becomes familiar. So it's a little booklet. It's called um, Practical Guide for the Liturgy of the Hours, um, published by Catholic Book Publishing. The author is Shirley Sullivan. And if you type it in, Practical Guide for Liturgy of the Hours, it will come up for you. Okay. We have an email from Michelle who says, Hello, Mother Miriam. Nice to talk with you. I listen to your program as much as I can. I have a question for you. I have heard you many times tell parents to homeschool their children. Absolutely. I completely agree. I have looked into homeschooling for a while. Now for my three girls, the only thing is that they will not give a high school diploma The online schools that give a diploma have a very long waiting list. Oh, dear. Do you suggest I still homeschool? Yes, I do. Absolutely, I do. Thank you. God bless you, Mother Miriam. Sincerely, Mick, or Mish for Michelle. Um, 
I've heard you tell parents to homeschool their children. And let me see what... um, So the delay here, sorry for this delay, the delay here is to have a diploma. Um, I don't know where is the delay in, in certain organizations that give those diplomas, I guess, or if you're under an organization, homeschooling, such as Our Lady of Victory, I'm guessing they go through all the tests and give a diploma. Um, no, I would say continue. Don't stop homeschooling. And if you can, um, again, you could might check other programs uh, and their diploma schedule, but I would still homeschool. It's better to not have a diploma and continue to educate your children from home than have a diploma and send them out to the public. Okay, God bless you. We'll be right back after this break. My name is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father, and that its purpose is to sanctify each day and the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened. We are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the Church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814-676-1910. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am here and so far I am awake. <laughs> We have Denise from Toronto. Hello, my my friend, Denise. Oh, hello, Mother Miriam. How are you Hi, today? I'm doing great, thank you. Yeah, I'm very glad to hear that you're feeling better. And you're I am. Back. I'm yawning a mile a minute, but I'm feeling much better. Thanks so much. That's good. 
Um, I'm calling today because I have such, such sad news. My my 24 year old uh, nephew and godchild. Um, he's he was diagnosed with cancer two weeks ago, Ooh. and it's not looking good. And um, sadly, I mean, I, I've done my best to bring him into the faith over the years, but um, we were strange because his parents had a uh, some kind of an altercation or uh, arguing with, with with the rest of the family and. So we haven't really had a chance to see each other for a few years. I think it's oh 2018. So um, I managed to text him and Alan again, but um, uh, and um, he was receptive. But the, the sad thing is that they really haven't been led in, you know, gone to church or anything like mm-hmm, that in the past mm-hmm. few years. And that's pro- that's actually the issue I think with you know how, our, with me and my my parents and um, siblings. And anyhow, now. Um, my brother is quite adamant that everybody get well not just my brother actually my nephew's doctor said to make sure nobody who's unvaccinated sees him mm-hmm. and i'm the only person in the whole family i believe who's mm-hmm. vaccinated and mm-hmm. um, like there were some in my family who got the vaccination though they they didn't want to get it but they did and you know they they understand me not wanting to get it but don't and I guess my question is like I don't have no intention of getting the vaccination at all and um, I mean it, it breaks my heart like to maybe to never see my nephew again when did you see him last when did you see him last 2018 okay so you were able to text him yeah and he you said he's receptive oh yeah yeah well, this is fantastic. Just text back and forth. Just keep texting. Can you call? Can you FaceTime with him on your phone? Not, not right now because he's tired, but maybe later. But, okay. Um, yeah, my question actually isn't about that. It's more about um, dealing with my brother and his wife and some of my siblings who are, you know, kind of angry at me. They're thinking I'm being very selfish or insensitive, and I, I don't want to cause them... A dish, there's enough pain that they're going through, I think, that I don't want to get into, like, altercations or arguments. I just, you know, the, I, I'm just thinking I just want to tell them that, you know, um, as much as I love my, my nephew, my grandchild, and I'm lamenting his, you know, what the situation, you know, God, God told me that he laments every child that's aborted. And I, you know, and I, I can't have take that vaccine and for that reason i don't know what else to say i don't want to get into arguments with them and so i don't know how well, to do you, it in a way that yeah if they don't if, if their if their faith isn't very strong when you say god told me that he laments every child that's aborted did he physically tell you that aloud he did tell me well i mean like i prayed when i found out about the situation with my nephew i went to the Blessed Sacrament and I prayed about it and you know I just I did, didn't intend to get the vaccine but I just said to said Lord I, this is so you know this means I won't be able to see him and you know it's so painful and he said in my heart <laughs> that, that he said you're lamenting you know your, your nephew and I understand that but I lament every day every single child mm-hmm, that's aborted mm-hmm same way that you're lamenting him right well if you say um god told me they that may make you 
further um, separated from them, if you use that language, you can just simply say, God has let us know, or, you know, God laments every child that's aborted, of course, rather than God told me, because that that may make you separated from them more. Um, So I would just, Denise, just say, you know, I love you. We must respect one another's decision uh, uh, to live for God as he leads us. And in this case... um, because the vaccinations are made from aborted fetal cells, uh, I will not take it. Uh, it, I will not. I will not participate in the murder of children, even though it's remote. Um, And, you know, everyone has to make their own decision on that. Um, And I trust you for making the decision you need to make, but you need to let me make my decision too. This is not something that should separate us um, or that should be labeled selfish. Absolutely not. Um, so um, just just state it and don't go on uh, with a big explanation. Just say, yeah, I ask you to accept my decision. I accepted yours. I ask you to accept mine. And it's not something that should separate us at all. In fact, if you're vaccinated, why are you afraid of me? I should be afraid of you. You shouldn't be afraid of me. If you're vaccinated, then I can't give you COVID. There should be no problem on your end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know people who've been vaccinated who got COVID. <laughs> they were told oh, no. to get the vaccination. Oh, there's absolutely. Many, many people who've been vaccinated have gotten COVID. So, um, just tell them cl- clearly and plainly and don't make it a speech or a big, big issue. Just say they're, you know, again, people that are vaccinated have also gotten COVID. Um, but I am, my decision is not to be vaccinated. It's not selfish. It's a self-choice. But if anything, um, to be selfish, people would say I should get the vaccine to be selfish so that I'm, I don't get COVID. That's serving self. Um, but you shouldn't be afraid of me if you have the vaccine. So um, just let it go. And uh, you haven't seen your nephew for three, four years. Continue to text with him uh, lovingly and um, uh, be with him completely. Pray for him. Send him prayers. Uh, send him um, little videos on his phone of of saints uh, with cancer who have died with cancer. Um um, I think of um, the current Saint Carlo, is it Acutis? I'm not getting his name right. But send him young saints uh, who have been heroic for God and uh, didn't compromise and died for him. All right. Is there and, any advice you have for what to say to him? Because, you know, that I not take, you know, not taking this vaccine means I won't be able to see you. I mean, I don't know what to say to him directly if he were to... No. D- does he say that to you? He hasn't, no. He no, hasn't. let it go. Don't don't have that yeah. conversation. Okay. Don't have that no, conversation. He, yeah. You haven't seen him for four years. Don't have that conversation. Just, I love you. I'm praying for you. Uh, what are you doing? How are you feeling? Tell me what your next uh, doctor's appointment is. What are you doing with your time now? 
you know, where, I don't know if he's in the hospital, if he's in bed, if he's home. He's in bed if, right now, but yeah, I just, I mean, I just wonder if one day he'll say to me, I'd really want to see you. Wait I, for that to happen. Wait no, for that to happen. I'll trust in God that he'll tell me what yeah, to say. Yeah, just, he may, right. Wait for that to happen. Don't, don't, you don't have to bring things up that are less positive. You don't need to do that. Just say, I love you, okay. and I would come. And, honey, if you've had the vaccine um, to your nephew, then I haven't, uh, but I should be able to see you if you've had the vaccine. There shouldn't be a problem. The vaccine should protect you from me if I have it. I don't have it, but the vaccine should protect you. So as long as you want me to come or the family wants me to come, I'll be there. Thank you so much, Mother. Right, so it's not you who is not coming. It's them who don't want you to come. Okay, God bless you, and we'll pray for your nephew, too. Thanks, Denise. God bless you. God bless all of you, and we will um, speak with you tomorrow.